Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. thinking about artisan food in a totally different way. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Janice Ellenboss, and she is the founder of Lucky Dog Cuisine, a company that makes cooked people quality food for dogs. An animal chiropractor turned food business owner, Janice combined her love of nutrition with her passion for animals and turned it into a unique brand that's capturing the attention and love of pet parents all over the U.S. Now, Janice is a wealth of information when it comes to nutrition. So whether or not you are a pet parent, but especially if you are, you are going to get so much out of this episode. Janice and I also talk a lot about business, including what's been the most successful thing in getting the Lucky Dog Cuisine brand name out there, why scaling to huge proportions isn't the only way to run a successful business, And what Janice thinks is the most important thing for business owners to focus on. As always, you can find all the show notes to this and other episodes of the Better Food Stories podcast on my website, audriagreenhoff.com. Now, on to my conversation with Janice Ellenboss of Lucky Dog Cuisine. Um, I am actually a retired chiropractor, and I had had a specialty in animal adjusting. I took a two-year postgraduate program on um, on how to adjust animals when I had bought a horse, and my horse went lame, and I figured I should be able to fix that. Um, so I had a very strong interest in animals, and in chiropractic college, it's mandatory to take four years' worth of nutrition. It is human nutrition, that's true, but nutrition is uh, has very basic principles and uh, and having had the two-year postgraduate program in animal physiology and animal adjusting it became a great compliment for me uh, lucky dog had started probably I could say 50 years ago when my mother uh, started cooking for our dog we had a uh, miniature poodle and um, my mother opened a can of dog food one day and said oh my goodness I cannot feed this to my dog and so she, years ago, started cooking for our dogs. And uh, I grew up at that time just thinking that that's what everybody did. So I was cooking for our dogs from when I was a little kid until uh, now. And I uh, had many dogs over the years that that uh, got to have our home-cooked meals. And um, I was very busy, had an active chiropractic practice, had an active animal practice, and two children. And I cooked for them and cooked for the dogs. It was a very busy time. But long story short, I ended up uh, retiring from chiropractic, moved down to the south, met a very interesting butcher at the end of our street who kept asking me what we were doing with all of this ground beef that I would ask him to get in for us and freshly grind it. And he said, you know, I know it's only the two of you at home now. He said, what do you need with all this beef? <laughs> and I told him that I was, uh, that I made my own dog food. And uh, he said, well, he says, there's so many dogs here in the South, particularly that have 
skin issues and allergies. He said, you know, if you can get it all together, I will sell it for you here in our butcher shop. So um, I spent a lot of time researching dog food and making sure that our products were the way dogs needed to have them in terms of percentages of protein to carbohydrate to vegetables, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I worked very closely with the South Carolina Department of Agriculture and their food scientist there. And he uh, approved all of our, our uh, at the time there were only two recipes, he approved them. So they were a great basis. And, um, and so that took probably about a year and a half. And then we got them uh, to, just started from the butcher shop. And that's kind of where it all started. It was, uh, it was something that was done from the heart and certainly something that I strongly believe in. I believe in all of us eating more clean, healthy foods as opposed to a lot of processed foods with colors and dyes. And I wouldn't do that for my children. I made my own baby food when they were tiny and, uh, and I just couldn't give them artificial anything and I can't do that for my furry ones either they uh they had to have food that I could recognize and and understand what was in it I always say that if uh, if you can't pronounce it you probably shouldn't be eating it no definitely I totally agree with you and um one of the things that I was most excited about reading your story when we um kind of chatted via email so I'm a dog mom myself I also grew up um, with dogs, you know, as a kid. And I kind of relate to, to your story. Cause I saw my mom, uh, very little. We had a, a German shepherd and she always, you know, when we would grill, um, she always picked up an extra, you know, burger or some ground beef for, for our German shepherd. And, um, you know, that was kind of the norm for me growing up as well. And later on, um, my mom now has a 15-year-old Bichon Frise, and um, he went uh, since he was very, very little. Had like you mentioned, the really, really sensitive skin, the skin allergies. I have a, a Maltese now. My husband and I have a Maltese, and she kind of has the same. It really makes a big difference when we started paying attention to what we were feeding the Bichon, and then now with my dog as well. She's. She's only six years old, but I learned, you know, through my mom's experience with him that it really does make such a difference. And Well, you know, the skin is the biggest detoxifying organ in the body. And if we put in a lot of chemicals and uh, artificial ingredients and and even it, it, then it's going to show up in the skin is what I mean. It's, it's all those toxins. I always say that health comes from the inside out. So what we put in is going to show itself on the outside. There's no question about that. And, and we're seeing that in in food industry with the, the clean food movement. And, and we're seeing it in, in cosmetics. People are, are really trying to move away from chemicals, putting chemicals in their body. I think it's, it's finally coming about. And I'm, I'm very happy to see that trend. Tell me about you know, your products and, and you mentioned there are certain types of foods that are better for, for animals. What, what kind of ingredients are in your food and what kind of um, products are available for people to purchase through Lucky Dog Cuisine? 
Um, we started off with the two recipes. Now we have seven. And um, we do have a three beef recipes that we mix with brown rice or barley. Or there is a pasta recipe that we have some uh, ground beef in that as well. And naturally, it's got oregano and basil in it too. So it smells wonderful. And we use only grass-fed beef. And it is humanely raised grass-fed and grass-finished beef. It's not... Um, and it's, it's all free range and uh, over the years we've been using this one particular farmer for years now and it's been I guess about seven years that we've used him. I outgrew my initial butcher just down the street and now we, we have a farmer who works with us and he will custom grind a little bit of beef heart and liver into, into our food as well because that's tremendously healthy for dogs to have heart and liver. And then we also use a pork recipe from him as well. Again, all grass-fed and humanely raised and, and pasture-raised uh, pork. And we have a turkey, two turkey recipes and a fish recipe. And uh, the turkey is, is, again, humanely raised. It's really important to us. And we had been part of a... Um, of a, of a food movement where uh, we had had, we were supporting uh, a livestock guardian dogs so that dogs uh, could uh, be there to uh, protect the, the sheep and the and the chickens out on the farm. So we were supporters of that as well. So that's important to us. And uh, then we also have a wild Alaskan. Um, Pollock that we use for our fish recipe as well. And everything, all of our vegetables and fruits that go into our foods are non GMO. And uh, we searched high and low to make sure that the vegetables that we were using were, were clean and, uh, and non genetically modified. And we use organic wherever we can, our lentils, and uh, um, we use some flaxseed, and uh, even some of our vitamins are also organic. And what else? Oh, yes, we use, we're the, actually the only dog food company that uses fresh cheese and yogurt. In, we use ricotta cheese and in our beef, couple of our beef recipes and cottage cheese and then yogurt in our um, turkey and fish recipe. So it's in, it's all no carrageenan, it's all natural and no additives of any kind. We do add a, a supplement to make it AFCO uh, compliant and that is another thing that took me a year and a half, almost two years to find a vitamin recipe that, that wasn't from China, that was made here in the United States, that didn't have a lot of synthetic ingredients and we had great chelated minerals so that we make sure that everything gets absorbed properly and uh, so it's all been certainly a very interesting learning experience and a labor of love for sure. So seven recipes, all kinds of different flavors. And I always recommend that people rotate through various flavors that they don't just stick to one food because it's really important to get different vitamins and, and different minerals from the various vegetables and fruits that are in our food. I know that, you know, being a dog mom myself, they say that there are certain things that, you know, dogs shouldn't be eating you know, some things are healthier than others. So if for someone who's like total novice to, to nutrition for their animals, what kind of, um, you know, advice would you have for them as far as things that they definitely shouldn't be feeding their dogs? Um, well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. It, they always used to say, you know, don't feed your dog table scraps. And, um, right, because I heard that I as well. That that's, 
probably true if it's pieces of food that you wouldn't eat yourself okay. if you're cutting off the gristle and the uh, and the fat and the skin off of either beef or chicken and, and wanting to feed that to your dogs that's not the best thing to do they're high in fat and it could contribute to things like pancreatitis and especially if they're if this is an, an unusual event if you're feeding them all of a sudden uh, that's why we get a lot of, of people who have uh, pancreatitis dogs with pancreatitis around Thanksgiving because they're just feeding them things that that they don't normally have so uh if you're going to feed them table scraps make sure it's pieces of meat that or whatever that you're eating that are healthy that if you would eat it then you can feed that to your dog uh, but in terms of general foods you don't want to feed onions there they, there is a uh, an acid in the onion that is uh, hard on a dog's kidney so you wouldn't want to do that it's the same as grapes naturally chocolate and alcohol and any kind of yeast so you don't want to give your dog um donut yeast or anything along those lines because they they don't digest that very well but um most foods and and always controversy with any kind of nutrition and diet but dogs are leaning towards omnivores where they can eat uh, pretty much what whatever we do but they need a, a much stronger proportion of protein to any kind of carbohydrate or, or vegetable. So your protein amounts should be around the 35% or more in, in, your, in the diet. So some carbohydrates are fine, but make sure that it has a good quality protein that is easily digested because, again, not all proteins are the same. And also dogs need healthy quality fats too. So no processed fats. I don't believe in, in all the, the fats that are, are highly processed. Um, I like to use when our fat content, for instance, we use extra virgin olive oil because it's not processed. It's the first press of the, of the olive. So there is no chemicals and it is much easier on the digestive system. So I'm also not a big fan of feeding exclusively kibble because it is a dry product and very, very hard on the kidneys and liver to digest. And uh, we're seeing a lot more dogs with um, bladder stones and kidney issues because the uh, the, the liquids are, are not, the, everything is too concentrated. That we need a lot more um, hydration in a dog's diet. So more water, uh, good quality proteins, and avoid some of the things that we just spoke about. Your food, I'm looking at your website now, It's uh, is it refrigerated? It's actually, we cook everything the week before. Mm -hmm. This week, for instance, we're busy cooking. Our uh, people in our, our we have uh, three cooks that, that cook our food for us. So they cook in the morning, it gets cooled, and then we have packagers that come in in the afternoon and package it in our one-pound little bricks that are flat and easy to uh, put in your freezer. They are frozen, and um, that's because we don't use any preservatives or, or anything to, um, to bind it. So it's frozen. And then we ship them out on Mondays. Mondays are our shipping day. So they, they go out all over the country on Mondays. I love, you know, the idea of this business. I love, um, you know, the, the story behind it. I would love to know, once you came up with the idea, so you said, you know, kind of going back to, to the beginning of the business that you were cooking for your family and cooking for your dogs, what put things in motion to kind of, make this a solid business so what was the moment that you were like okay I'm gonna do this and you know get things started how did you get the ball rolling 
Um, you know, again, I think any business that's a reflection of a lifestyle is always a lot easier to to move forward during difficult times or when people are telling you it can't be done. I think that if it's if it's no, if it is a true reflection of who you are and what you are, I think there are very few things that can stop you. Um, uh, we had a number of issues. We started ten years ago. And at that time, there weren't very many people selling anything online. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a huge, there was no one doing it on a subscription basis, which we did. Uh, and we had hired a number of PR companies that told us, oh, there's, this can't be done. You can't sell online. You have to go directly to pet food stores or grocery stores. And it really wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, in my own chiropractic practice, practice and certainly in my own experience we treated people like family people we, we knew their birthdays they came in we we celebrated with them and I wanted something similar with our dog food business and I think that there are too many companies that are are removed they're big and they're removed from the consumer we have direct contact with our clients we like the idea of going direct to the consumer and we have a lot more control over um, the way the product gets there, and then we can speak to individual clients. But I think that to, to answer more specifically your question, we stuck to our guns, but we also um, wanted to make sure that we had direct contact with our, our, our clients. And then when we got our first few orders out there and people were reordering, then we knew that that this was going to work and um, we were getting amazing feedback and and uh, we have incredible loyalty we have the first our very first customer that we had no idea how to do shipping and how to do all of these things and we shipped it to them it got <laughs> FedEx sent it to the wrong address mm -hmm. and then we shipped it again but they were very patient with us and we we had some wonderful wonderful clients who's helped who have helped us along the way so I think that having that interaction with clients seeing them enthusiastically reorder and tell their friends about it was was a great confirmation. How are people finding you now versus how they were finding you at the beginning? Yes, you know, at the beginning, we tried to do things locally. We went to a lot of pet food shows and all of that, and it just didn't seem to click. What really helped us uh, was naturally with anyone, if you find the odd person who is enthusiastic about your product and tells others, that's a, a huge uh, thing. We had initially eaten dog food online with with a couple of friends that were uh, one who was a um, she had a television show in in Miami and uh, then we had a nice young veterinarian who had helped us and he also ate dog food with us so it was we were we were willing to do things a little outside the box and uh, and being on television was a huge thing for us anytime we would go on a morning show or uh, um, had any exposure that way that was a huge benefit to us and because we don't need a huge client base in order to be successful we can build on what we have and take good care of our clients and um, and then it grew from there, from word of mouth, from uh, um, other people referring and telling their friends about it. And that is primarily how we've grown. So we did do some TV. We had met some great people who were enthusiastic about us. And, um, and we were willing to do whatever it took to do some interesting things to, uh, to get attention at the time.
When it comes to your brand and its story and its mission, what would you say is the number one thing that you want new customers um, to really take from from interacting with your website and your social media? And how has that kind of influenced, you know, your content and your look and, and all of that and your marketing in general? Um, we wanted it to be... I, I don't want to say not slick because, of course, you want a website that is easy to navigate and, and comes up quickly, etc. But we wanted it to appeal to people who are wanting contact. They want to be able to meet the people in, that that are making their dog food. They want. Uh, we wanted it to be so that people could get to know us and have it a bit more homey, if that makes sense, because that's certainly... A reflection of who we are and um, so that was we approached even our social media as as uh, explaining to people what we do showing pictures of our dogs um, showing that when we go on vacation we'll take them with us and and have pictures along that so people can really get to know who and what we are there's pictures of our our uh, kitchen of the way we make things uh those sorts of things, I think it's it's very important because trust, especially in the dog food world, is is hugely important. The more people trust uh, trust you, then then they're more willing to buy your product. Absolutely, I'm on your look, browsing through your Instagram now. It's so many cute pictures. How many dogs do you have now? How many dogs do I personally have? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have two. I have Molly and Murphy. Murphy is 11, and Molly is our little girl, and she is 7. Aww. And she still acts like a puppy. Oh, so does Murphy at 11, actually. That's so cute. We're really fortunate to, to have health, healthy, happy dogs, and a lot of it is because of, uh, because of our strong belief in, in a good diet. Now that you've been you know, successfully running running this business for a decade now, what do you think is the most, I mean, and you had a business before as well, what would you say is the most surprising thing about being a business owner? Uh, you know, it's hard to say because I've been a business owner all my life. I think I've, I've never worked for anybody else other than when I was in high school. Um, but I, I think that the most, um, prevalent thing about being a business owner is that it is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, that no matter what, it's like having a child. It's something you think about constantly, that we try to nurture all the time, that we're wondering what can we do to improve, how can we make our story better, how can we present it better, how can we make our food better, um, how do we listen to our clients. It, it is an ongoing 24-7 opportunity. And I think that people who are involved in business start to understand it, that it's 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 your lifeblood. So uh, so we take it extremely seriously. So I don't think there's anything that surprises me. I've had tons of, of questions that I just shake my head about, but I know where they're coming from. And, um, and we've had great opportunities to meet wonderful people. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just it gets in your blood and you have to be prepared to deal with it every day, all the day, all day long. Looking back at, at you, you know, you talked a little bit about your own childhood and growing up with animals. What what did you want to be when you grew up as as a child? <laughs> a 
like, yeah, that's funny. I either wanted to be a ballerina or a veterinarian. And um, uh, those that didn't work out. My, my mother was kept saying to me, you can't be a veterinarian. You know, girls aren't veterinarians. You can't do that. And you're allergic to everything. And I was allergic to cats at the time, but that's, that's not. Uh, I went on to have horses and cats and dogs and everything else. But, you know, as a, from a good Ukrainian family, uh, young girls don't become veterinarians. So <laughs> neither do they actually go on to be chiropractors either. But um, that was an interesting phenomenon, that's for sure, when uh, I went on to, to become a chiropractor in a very male-dominated field back then. It was an interesting experience. My love of animals was always there, and uh, the ability to adjust dogs and horses was, was wonderful. And uh, being able to incorporate my holistic ideas, my manual skills of being able to help horses and dogs that normally couldn't get helped with, from other uh, therapies or other modalities was a huge, uh, it, it's very satisfying for sure. Well, this has been so fun. Before we wrap up, I want to switch things up um, a little bit and do kind of some fun rapid fire style questions. So are you up for that? Oh, sure. Okay. So let's start with number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? My favorite day of the week is Tuesdays. I know it sounds bizarre, but my husband and I work uh, a lot on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. That's when we're getting all our shipping together and uh, and getting all of the all, all of the orders organized. And um, so they ship out on Monday, and then Tuesday is kind of our day to put our feet up and say, ah, yes, that's all been done for for this week for shipping. And it's a great night of the week also to go for dinner. Nobody else is doing it, so it's great. Yeah, you're kind of on a different schedule from everyone, so that's got to be kind of a perk yes. of that for sure. <laughs> yeah, Tuesdays are our days to put our feet up and relax a bit. Cool. Okay, number two, what's the last TV show or movie that you watched? <laughs> you know, I know it sounds bizarre, but it was it was Molly's Game. I really, uh, that we don't watch a lot of television, or nor do we get time to go to movies, but we did watch Molly's Game. My husband loves to play poker, and I really liked a strong female character that she came from nothing and uh, and made a business of herself, made, made a success of herself, too. I, I, I got a kick out of that movie. It was cute. Cool. Number three, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? to say it would have to be pizza love pizza and you can do so many different things with pizza i love grilled cheese sandwiches and again you can do lots of interesting things they're all good comfort foods and chicken noodle soup my absolute favorite yum no vegetables in there though that's probably not very healthy (laughs) (laughs) well assuming that you know we could eat three things and our health wouldn't be affected (laughs) that's right yes Okay, and number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you? Um, well, you know, it, it's interesting. The the things that I've done, I was actually the first woman in Canada to be certified to adjust horses and dogs and formed the first Ontario Veterinary Chiropractic Association and was out doing a lot of work in, in racetracks and I uh, was the spokesperson for the Canadian Trotting Association. But I think the interesting thing is that I'm actually quite introverted. It's not something that uh, I relish doing. But again, I think that when you're motivated enough to be able to uh, to overcome some of those things, I think that that is uh, a, a huge um, 
push to get out there and and do something you believe in so I think that that's yeah most people would never have thought that of me there you have it that was Janice Ellenboss of Lucky Dog Cuisine if you want to learn more about Janice and her company you can check out luckydogcuisine.com they're also all over social media on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube Pinterest all of the social media platforms And remember that you can also learn more about all the brands interviewed on the Better Food Stories podcast by following me on Medium at Adria Greenhoff. That's A-D-R-I-A, green like the color, H-A-U-F-F, or on my website, adriagreenhoff.com. And if you are enjoying the Better Food Stories podcast, I would absolutely love it if you left me a positive review on either iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps in getting the word out about the podcast and sharing it with more of you out there. Until next time.